that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some bows. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo Power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand off. Getting buck, hit the chug, Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player, and 64. You ain't cuffing, get these hundreds, I'm. Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World. This is episode number fourteen, and we are back again to review the fourth installment of, of the Fast and Furious franchise, uh, Fast and Furious. But before that, let me introduce my co-host, as always, on this adventure, Mister Shahid. What's going on, everybody? You know. If you've been listening to the first three, you already know who I am by now. So there's no need for me to keep reintroducing myself. <laughs> and, sir, I have a complaint. Uh, uh-huh. This this is a female complaint. She said I, she didn't listen to those episodes. So she jumped right in and she wanted to know how she could, uh, you know, get in contact with you or see what it is that you do. But I told her, but I was like, you know, it's okay. It's fine. But we'll save that for the end of the show. Maybe you may be nice enough <laughs> to give that to the people. Uh, before uh-huh. we jump in, let me get your thoughts real quick. South Rollins situation. You know, I know we were going back and forth on Twitter about it, but how do you feel about how wrestling Twitter has reacted to Seth Rollins basically uh, saying that he's the number one wrestler and he works for the number one promotion? Wrestling Twitter are a bunch of hypocrites. That's how I feel about it. I used to watch Ric Flair say the exact same thing. I used to hear Dusty Rhodes say the exact same thing. I used to hear Shane Douglas and ECW say the exact <laughs> same thing. And now all of a sudden we're getting mad at Seth Rollins because he has confidence. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's wrestling. You're supposed to have confidence. What did somebody say? If you don't think you're on the hottest label, why would somebody want to sign on your label? Exactly. Exactly. And I, I don't understand. No. I'm not understanding this notion of well, the company got him to do that. What? No, like when Puff Daddy was running Bad Boy and said, like, you know, if you want to get on a label that's behind Def Jam, that we okay, come sign with us. Like, no, you want to be with the best, you sign with us. Sugar Knight said the same thing with Death Row. Masterpiece said the same thing. Cash Money said the same thing. People who have confidence in their brand want you to know they have confidence in their brand. They want you to be part of their team. Wow. And... Is it that preposterous? Like Seth Rollins, if he's not the best, he's in the conversation. He's like top five on the planet. And it's WWE. It's not Impact Wrestling. Exactly. So if they're not one, they won A. So it's not like, you know, Sammy Callahan on Impact Wrestling saying, and even if he said it, so what? Like you're supposed to have, you know, pocket. Exactly. And it, it goes back to what I said yesterday. I remember maybe, what, two, three years ago, whenever uh, Jay Lethal was having his last Ring of Honor World title run, and maybe he still is now, but he was promoting Ring of Honor. I'm the number one wrestler. Ring of Honor is the number one wrestling promotion. Nobody had anything to say. Nobody. Yeah, well, you know the old saying goes, and not just wrestling Twitter, but everywhere in Twitter, people like you till you start liking yourself. Yeah, I guess. Well, we'll move on from that. Uh 
Fast and Furious, fourth installment, it the budget was eighty five million. It blew that out the market as far as how much it made three hundred and sixty three point two million dollars. Insane. We have the uh old old the original uh main characters back in this one, which I mean this was the movie that pretty much was that turn until the fifth one. That but but it it was the the beginning of that turn where Fast and Furious was really going to become a thing. If, if it was already a thing, it was going to be really a major thing where everybody was going to go see the movies. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll let you uh, go ahead and uh, give us what the movie entailed, a short synopsis. Uh, before that, you talked about how much it changed. And thinking back, this movie is – almost like the forgotten gem or like the forgotten one out of all the Fast and Furious ones because a lot of things changed based on this one. Not just the fact that the original cast came back. It was one, it was the first one that kind of started the movie. It's like the bridge between the first three and the current ones we have. It's the first one of like the trilogy of four, five, and six. Um, it also is like that first one where it's like rules of physics start to go out the window just a little bit like it's kind of like nudging toward what fast five and what the other fast and furious becomes it's like this is a test run and the most important change is that the perspective of the story changes from being behind paul walker's eyes to being behind vin diesel's eyes and i didn't really pay attention to that till we was talk like when i was thinking about how we're going to talk about this this movie because it was like the first one the second one you know like the is basically the you know the Brian O'Connor show. Yeah, like Dominic Toretto is important, but he's important based on because Brian O'Connor is pursuing him. So everything is pursuing to the viewpoint of Brian O'Connor. It's like Sons of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter is important, but he's important because Clarice Starling needs to talk to him, and she needs to interact with him. Beyond that, he doesn't really do too much beside one scene. And it's the same thing with Dominic Toretto. Like you don't really pay attention to it because it's such an outsized personality. But the movie's not like it's about him. But he's not pushing the story. And this one, he's definitely pushing the story. And you can tell how the movie changes because of that. And the number and the main thing is like, and I really I notice all the time I'm watching it, this is the first time they seem like grown ups. Yeah. Cause I think it's it's um five years removed, isn't it? Like from the last well, one? What well, well, if you go from like from Too Fast, Too Furious, yeah, but if you go from the original Fast and Furious, it's a it's a what, seven year gap? Eight year gap. Yeah. From Fast from the original one to this one. Yeah. And you can just tell looking at the characters, like the Fast and Furious, like they're adults, but they look like young adults. And in this one, they look like they've been through life. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, okay. I, I can see that because even going back looking at uh the the cover art and looking at Vin Diesel from then to now, you know, to to this point, you can tell age. I mean, not only that, they got Paul Walker doesn't have the frosted tips anymore. He's running around in a suit, looking like you know, a corporate. Like he's looking like you know, he looks like an FBI agent. Oh yeah, he's he's yeah, looking like he, he looking the part, and it's like oh, and I mean, you, it's like wow, he does look a lot different than you realize. Well, you know, it's been eight years since they started this. Well, uh. Yeah, I'm going to let you uh, give the synopsis because uh, okay. people enjoyed that last week. So the synopsis is basically, you know, the movie starts off with Dominic Toretto and his gang doing their crimes in South America. 
So, it's, you know, if you wonder what happened with Letty, I guess he picked up Letty on the way. Mm-hmm. Along with his gang, Leon Santos, played by Tego Calderon and Don Omar, which is also something Vin Diesel kind of started to do, taking like famous people from different musical genres and popping them in his movies so people would know who they are. I had no idea they were like big music superstars until yeah. like I read up on this. I'm like, who's these two guys? And then all the, and then our old friend from Tokyo Drift, Han, and his girlfriend shows up. And then you're wondering, like, wait a second. If he's in this, then what's going on? And then you realize, okay, this is happening before Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're basically doing their usual things, stealing, you know, stealing oil, stealing gas, making money. The, you know, cops on the trail of Dominic. He wants to shake the heat. So, of course, Han's like, okay, you know, I heard Tokyo stuff's going on. Maybe I'll go there. Spoiler alert, he shouldn't have went there. <laughs> and, you know, to hide, you know, to basically protect Letty, he leaves her money and bounces out. Meanwhile, Brian O'Connor, I guess he was done making money with his boy Roman. Gets, you know, gets a new job, basically a promotion going from being LAPD to the FBI. And talk about failing upwards. Yeah, so I, I, in, yeah go ahead. <laughs> I, so, yeah, so talking about failing upwards. So basically, he's on the trail of this big time, you know, Latin drug lord, Arturo Braga. Continue the Fast and Furious tradition of all the Latin villains are drug dealers. The Asian ones steal and the black and white ones steal technology. But anyway, he's on the trail, you know, or a tour of Raga. And of course, his path dovetails with Dominic because Letty gets murdered while working for a tour of Raga. So they cross paths and trying to figure out how to bring Raga to justice and, and get revenge. So. At this point of the movie, I'm talking about Brian O'Connor. And you say, you know, he failed upwards. I'm still trying to figure out, was he just so good in what he did in Too Fast, Too Furious that they said, hey, here's a second shot and your record's clean? Wait, it's not only that. It's not like he went from, okay, Fast and Furious, the original one, he worked for LAPD Undercover. Yeah. He lets Dominic Toretto go, go, even though Dominic Toretto was the criminal. He, what, did he, I assume he got fired. He was on the run? He was on a run. He's on a run, gets arrested, gets another chance to get reinstated if he pulled, if he, you know, brings down Carter Verone, <laughs> as I love saying his name. Him and his boy Roman pulled that off. So you would think, okay, so he gets reinstated, he becomes a cop. No, he joins the FBI. This ain't no like how FBI does background <laughs> exactly. Back, FBI does background checks. It's kind of like okay, yeah, you were a cop, but then you know you became a criminal, and yeah, you did this for this. Like okay, you can be a cop again, not you get up. Yeah, I was always wondering that. Like he must have been real good. Yeah, because <laughs> what I'm thinking is either he helped them out more, and they were like, you know what, we could use you. But just thinking about it, you know, in real life, no, that doesn't happen. And he must love being a uh, officer of the law because, like, you know, him and Roman had that money. They was probably, you know, you figured they living good, you know, making money in the Miami scene. <laughs> no, no records because they're both records clean. Anything like that. It's like, nah, I want to be a cop this but, bad. But that's the thing. He is playing cop. He's a criminal. Brian O'Connor is a criminal. He just likes to play cop. 
oh, you sound like Mia. Talking about you think you're the good guy playing the, get the bad guy. Maybe you're the bad guy pretending to be a good guy. And you ever think about that? And, and you you pointed it out. Him and Roman just cheesing at the end of Too Fast, Too Serious, knowing they're stealing money. Like, mm-hmm. yo, yeah, yeah, he's a criminal. He he just he thinks he's doing the right thing, but whatever. Most, that's the whole thing. Most bad guys don't think they're bad guys. They think they're good guys that's misunderstood. So... There you go. But, okay. Oh, we'll say this. He's an anti-hero. <laughs> a movie starring two anti-heroes. How about that? So <laughs> you can tell like how the movie starts. This is different from the other ones because it's like the stunts. You know, they're still in the oil from the truck going on a, you know, a deep decline. And you're like, okay, so this is we're past DVDs. But you like thinking about that, you know, you see their gang, how they work together. You see it sound like the first thing you notice is like Dominic and Letty seem to have far more chemistry in this one. Yes. Than they did in the first one. Like, okay, well, they must have got a lot. Stuff must have changed. And it's funny, like they were dating the first one. They weren't dating by this one. So but they seem to get along. It just seemed more natural. And I don't know if you ever saw the short movie they did. Like it's kind of like the prequel to this one. No, it's I like didn't. 10, I watched a little bit of it. It's basically like, you know, them together making out, them busting out Leo Santos out of jail and how to make money. And it's like it breeds the kernels for this movie, but it's a rough watch. Like this is kind of like, you know. Oh. Somebody learning on the go how to make a movie. So this. Oh no! Didn't um, Vin Diesel direct that? Yeah, Los Bandoleros. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I, maybe I need to watch it. If you say it's that bad, it might be funny. I mean, it's not bad. It's just kind of like it's rough, but it's it's fine. So you you know, and then of course, whenever you see the previews, especially on USA, it's when the truck is about to explode. It's tumbling down the mountain. And he's just playing chicken. He's just all cool. And Lady screaming in his ear. Mm-hmm. Him, oh, dom, dom, dom. And the third time that he just drives under the truck. And it's like, okay. Justin Lin directs a lot differently than John Singleton did. And definitely different than Rob Cohen did. Like, okay. So these stunts kind of like on a different level. Yeah. And then it's the whole thing. You know, Dominic the Heart of Gold. And do you agree with him leaving Letty to be on the run? For his character, yeah. I mean, for... for Okay, see, this is the problem. And this is what I said in, you know, the first episode as far as this goes. That their relationship seemed off in the first one. And when you get to this point, it's like, yo, they are so in love. And just the way he feels about... Because this is where we get to family and stuff like that. You can see the seeds... Uh, yeah, it was fine. I, I I had no problem with him leaving. And not only that, it's the fact that, and we don't real we don't learn this until like three movies later. They're married. Yeah. By this point, and that's the funny thing. It's kind of like because we don't find out till Fury Seven. <laughs> Hilarious that that happens. Like they're so it's not this we just together. They're married. Like we don't know at the time. So it's like a deep connection there. And I don't. I can see why he did it, but it's like he had to know Letty was going to do whatever to like help him. But I don't think he knew she was going to go that far. I mean, he he left her. He went far enough to protect her. He didn't think she felt the same way. Well, yeah. I mean, when you, when you you know when you say that, yeah. So I mean, I see. I just when I was watching it, um, I was just like, okay, this seems something that he. It just seemed like something he he would do. 
because he doesn't want anything to happen to her. He would rather something happen to him than to her, his sister at this point. So it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm going with it. It's fine. So, so anyway, it happens. And then we shift to, you know, Los Angeles, Brian O'Connor running in the suit on a roof. It's like, oh, feel like Keanu Reeves. Like this is the first time it really sunk in. Like this is like white Keanu Reeves right here. Just running down this dude in a suit, dude shooting at him. They running on roofs, running through windows. Like he was like Paul Walker, like an athlete. Like it, it, it's funny where out of like the main three stars, he's probably the best runner because we've both seen how Vin Diesel and The Rock run. <laughs> like yeah. somebody said, somebody made a joke on Twitter about the rock runs like a tank <laughs> with bad with bad treads. So and Vin Diesel runs worse, but it's kind of like you know Paul Walker is moving fluid. So he's basically hunting down this guy Arturo Braga, this big time drug lord. They're under like a four day window, and they're trying to find basically find this guy to find this guy to get undercover to get close to Braga to bring him down. And then meanwhile, Vin Diesel's in Panama gets a call from Mia. And okay, I got a question about Mia. I know them and Brian broke up mm-hmm. after Fast and Furious One. And you can tell Brian O'Connor's not the type that was like dating around. What was Mia doing all this time? Uh staying home, cleaning up, probably still making tuna sandwiches at the shop. But for who? The the game like, you know, Leon long gone. Vince is gone. Jesse's dead. You know, Letty and Dominic are in South America. I mean, at this point, whoever came to the shop, because I'm just, I'm just, I think she's just, she was never that girl that was going to be, you know, she seemed like a home girl, like a homebody girl, which just stays home and does whatever. Yeah. And what was her, okay. And we'll get into her, like, because what was her job? Cause it's like okay, she works in the shop, but you also seeing her patch up Dominic like she has like some nursing skills, and we won't even get into what she becomes in, like Fast Five. <laughs> but it's kind of like her character just seems weird. Like she doesn't have a life when she's not interacting with men, whether it's just her brother, or her ex boyfriend. Like she's just she's just in the house. She ain't getting out. She not going on dates. I listen. You know what uh, Ludacris said, Ludacris said <laughs> in the movie. Basically, you know, I had a life before you. So whatever she learned, whatever tricks, trades, or whatever she learned before we ever saw her, I guess she just knew. And it was just that. So, yeah. So anyway, that happens. He finds out Letty's dead. You know, he shows up at the funeral, like, hitting. Because, you know, Paul, Ron O'Connor, his bosses, including Shea Wiggum, and you know when Shane Wiggum shows up in the movie, he's either a bad guy or a dupest good guy. So in this one, he's like that asshole is good guy. That actually has a point. And that's the thing that they always put these characters that get on Brian's back. And we try we still be mad at the character, even though we should be mad at Brian, because the characters are technically right. And <laughs> this guy is technically right. He is. Like, like Brian's a loose cannon and it's kind of like, you know, can we sure we can trust this guy? He's kind of shady and everything like that. Like listen to Stasiak. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, but again, but nah, like, remember Stasiak because in, in, a, in a, a couple of movies, <laughs> this whole dynamic is going to change. And I just want to know how, but go ahead. And so he basically, you know, Brian gets on the cover, 
by saving this guy, Brian Park, that's being chased by both him and Dominic. And it's the first time they interact. And it's like kind of like you can tell some beef. Like, even though he let him go, they ain't friends. Yeah. Like the first thing he says, like, you know, you're going to shoot me, O'Connor. You're going to take me in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just trying to do the right thing, you know. And he's looking at it like, yeah, I already know how that turned out. He's like, I'm going to take care of this Braga and anybody that gets in the way. And Brian's not trying to figure out what to do. And Dominic just drops him. But before the drop, Brian O'Connor actually had the gall to say, oh, Letty was my friend too. What? You wasn't nobody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 and, it, and it's funny how that line has a lot more weight later on in the movie. He tried to play like, you know, I'm trying to help out. You know, she's my friend. Like, Dominic is like, what are you talking about? You're the reason why we had to leave in the first place. Like, you ain't nobody's friend and everything like that. And Mia also reinforces that when they first had it, first has that conversation. Because it is like, you know, you think you just come in after eight years and everything's all cool. You know, why you let my brother go? He's like, oh, you know, because I respected him more than I like me. Like, you think you still think you're the good, you know? Yeah. That guy, you know, good guy pretending to be the bad guy. Maybe you're the bad guy pretending to be the good guy. He, he, just, he just wondering, like, you know, maybe she right. He hasn't came in terms of within himself that he's the, you know, he's he's who he is. He's keep trying to put on this stupid mask of being a cop. And I'm yeah, the good guy. Think about all the background stuff that we know about him. Like, think about like how him and Roman probably grew up together. Yeah, it's, and it's kind of like that's they don't just wipe away because you got a job. Like, think about how and all the defenses he was making to Dominic in the first one, knowing he was a criminal. All the like shady stuff he's doing, too fast, too furious. And then even now, it's kind of like, yeah, you got a suit on, you got an FBI job, you still the boy from the block. And not to mention, even Tyree said it in Too Fast, Too Furious. He said, "I know you, Brian." Like you get on, like people were saying, you're not who you think you are, the mm-hmm. whole time. So yeah, it's interesting now looking back at that. So they basically get involved, you know, first time they get in Braga's gang, and we meet this dude Campos, <laughs> played by John Ortiz, and it's like you know, like Braga wants the best. You get any chingalero with a four speeder, that's not that's not what Braga wants. Like Braga wants somebody that goes so fast, he pushes Avileta in the car. And like, you know, you're wondering like who's this Weasley old guy and everything like that. And then one of my favorite lines, the one I sent you, because you know Dominic always got questions to ask. <laughs> and he's asking questions. This dude Phoenix, my man, last last was on the light. Like, you got a lot of questions. And he's like, Am I talking to you or, or the, talking to the boss? And he gave him this look like, do I look like I'm a monster? <laughs> and I laughed so hard because Phoenix has no tolerance for Dominic's BS whatsoever. And he gave him this look and he his whole soul just frowns up when he says that. Like he just yeah. looks at him. Do I look like a boss? Yeah, it was it was That's, he he was ready to get him right there in the chop him in the throat. And and it's funny how much that animosity is earned later on. So they're having their whole, you know, who's the bigger man? And then Giselle starting this whole thing. And that's the first time a lot of people seeing Gal Gadot. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, she's... It's funny seeing th- that movie and realize that she becomes Wonder Woman. But I'm not too surprised because, like, wow. Like, she's statuesque. Like, almost kind of like you almost like an alien type level of beauty. It's just that different. 
And I couldn't figure out what her ethnicity was in this movie. I couldn't either. I was like, what is she supposed to be? I'm not sure what she's supposed to be. She drops Spanish every now and then. She has this indeterminate accent. They don't really have too much of a background. And especially where after like the movies following this, like it seemed like at first you want to like, does that background change? But uh, she does enough stuff in this one where it's like, it gets hints that fast five makes sense, but they kind of leave a lot of stuff open. Like Justin Lin does a lot of it kind of like, I leave enough stuff open for other movies to make sense. So if we do other movies, these movies make sense. And they, he must've been confident enough that there was going to be movies after this. Yeah. If I think I read right, Vin Diesel wanted to shoot them back to back, or maybe it was five and six. Five and six. Okay, okay. I, I know it was one of them he wanted to shoot back to back. Yeah, so it's kind of like they had to have known that this one was going to do well enough that a sequel would be there. So anyway, they, you know, and then it's this other guy and Brandon T. Jackson. Hey, hey hold on. I, now, me and my wife was having this debate. I told her that he was a thing kind of. And she says, no, he wasn't. I'm, yes, I'm he like, was. Yes, well, that's what I was trying to tell like, her. They always have these black guys that's like a thing for like two years. And yeah, because he was in this. He was in the Percy Jackson movies. He was in Tropic Thunder. And then he was going to be, they did a pilot for Beverly Hills Cop. And he's going to be in that. So yeah, like for like a good two years, he was a thing. Yeah. Until he wasn't a thing anymore. Because the only thing she could think of was Tropic Thunder and um, Percy Jackson. And I was like, nah, he was in more stuff than that. Trust me. And those were big movies. Yeah, he may not I mean, been a, he may not have been like a big character in everything he did, but um, he was getting them checks. <laughs> he was he was a thing, and this was before he became a thing. And it's funny where they they seem to have good time in getting these guys that's like on the come up. Yeah, you know, because like Michael Ely was <laughs> yeah. you know, was they, in the second one. You know, Ja Rule was in the first one, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, so it's like, and then like this guy, you know, they have their race and they're talking about, oh, you know, who's clearing the streets? He's like, nobody, that's the point. And they having their race and everything. And then it's like, they still got beef, Dominic and Brian, because they remember how last time they had races. So they have their race. It's an exciting ass race. Yeah. And two of the people are cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> so and they just proved that cheating doesn't prosper unless you're Dominic Toretto because it gets to the end and then you know Dom hits his Nas first Brian thinks he hit his Nas too fast I'm like you did it too soon he hits his Nas he's about to win and Dominic's just waiting and waiting as soon as he gets past gives him a little nudge like still a buster <laughs> and Brian <laughs> is hot he, he is pissed. hated Oh, you can't, you know, and then Phoenix like that's how you drive like but I guess you got to cheat he's like go, go cry to your mama <laughs> and then the other dude, what's the cowboy dude with the hat? Are you talking about Dwight? Dwight. Talking about that's what you get, punk. <laughs> you need to drive American muscle. Like Dwight's been getting on his back since he got there. Dwight got like four bad women, got his cowboy hat on. He's like, What you looking at, punk? Dwight. Bro, I only get the I only get the best. You keep getting that Japanese trash. American muscle, where is that? Go on, punk. Don't be looking over here. And of course, you know, Dwight getting that with screen time, something bad gonna happen to Dwight. And what he get he get knocked for possession. Yep. <laughs> yes, possession charge that's not supposed to stick, but just enough for him to, you know, Brian to take his place. So they're both on a team. They introduce themselves to compos, they're talking, and then you can still feel the tension between like Dominic and Brian, because it's like they know why each person's there. And they're like, you know, I can snitch on you, and they're like, I can snitch on you too. And Campbell's picking up like 
is there some history between y'all two? And he's like, yeah, I used to date my sister. He's like, oh, you a lucky man. And he's like, why? Because you were still alive. Yeah. And, and it just gives this little chuckle. But his 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 mouth smiles, his eyes don't. <laughs> yeah, and I like the way I like the way that scene got played off because I'm like, you know what? He ain't lying because he did. Yeah. He was messing with his sister, so it's like. They ain't telling all the, you know, they're not telling everything, but they're telling enough just to make him, I guess, compost feel like, okay, everything is all right, mm-hmm. I guess. So, yeah, so Ryan is doing his investigation to get, like, fingerprints to find out, try to get as much about Braga as possible. And Dominic's doing, you know, his own investigation to figure out what car was the one that forced Letty all to roll. And we forgot the part where he basically used Toretto Vision. Oh, Early no. Out the crash, and I'm like, oh, this. I remember because I saw this in a movie theater, and one of the things I remember after the movie came out is when people, people, even people like the movie, they were laughing at this whole scene because, like, how ridiculous this is. Like, this meathead driver is like start becoming Professor Xavier and just knows exactly what happened through empathic memory. Like, he saw a tread. It's like, okay. Is going 105 here, and this crash happened. He's just visualizing the whole thing, and I'm like, "What is going on?" <laughs> you just have, I've, I've come to learn, just go with it, <laughs> just go with it. Don't See, question too much. And this is where it changed. Like Dominic Toretto went from like a skilled driver to like a superhero. Oh, Captain America. Yeah, that's a, this is the movie that kind of started that. Like it got worse as movies went on. Because he became like an executive, he became producers. Like I don't use my producer stroke, but this one didn't notice because it's like you know I can pick up on the treads. It's this type of car, and he's used this type of you know nitro meth and everything like that. So he's investing in car. Giselle's there, and Giselle was throwing it to him the entire movie, and he was like he wasn't in the mood for it. Oh my goodness, she was man. <laughs> I don't know how many how many times like three, three, three times when they in the first movie? when they first met. And he gave her, and she gave him his number. This scene right here, you're like, are we one of these boys that, you know, one of these boys that like cars more than girls? And like, I, I appreciate curves on any type of model. <laughs> and this time, all type of cars, like, well, what do you see? You mean, talking about 80% angel, 20% devil, somebody with a little dirt in the fingernails, ready to, you know, go bang it down, the moment's notice, ride or die. She's like, that doesn't sound anything like me. He's like, wasn't supposed to. The shooting her down, like, that's how much he loved Letty. Because she just out here, like, please look at me, Dominic. I'm a woman. And he like, I'm on a mission. Oh, boy. I mean, I, I understood it, but wow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> wow. that's, that's, and it, it's funny how that happens in this movie and it happens in Fast Five. And Fast Six, honestly, like to a certain extent, like, and it's funny how you talked about like the first one. You did not feel like that love was like that, no. and this one is like he he'd fight Godzilla for Letty. Oh yeah, he would he tell anybody to get in my way is going to get murked. So he was yeah. like, all right. So the the whole thing with Campbell's plan is like they get drivers to you know transport drugs through these secret tunnels. That's why a wall doesn't matter, Donald Trump, because they will build a way. They'll build a tunnel to get through their walls. And it's like these secret caverns and corridors. So they transport it. And then the whole thing basically is a jig is after they transport stuff, the drivers normally get shot. And that's why Letty ran in the first place. And that's when he found out. That's when he approaches Phoenix. It's like, you know, 
a boss man. And Phoenix get this look like, what you say to me? <laughs> only pussy. I say only pussies run nitro meth. And he like, you looked under my car? And he just, it's like, like yeah, I've been wanting to shoot this guy since the first time I met him. And now I finally get the chance. And then Dominic set it up so the car explodes. They have a fist. They have a fight. And it's like that. He gets shot. And don't, doesn't, even, doesn't even flinch. flinch. I, know, I know leather is tough. I had leather jackets. It ain't that damn tough. And John Wick hadn't come out yet. So, <laughs> you know, then they're escaping. Um, Brian's shooting. That's, and this is when you realize for all the tough stuff Dominic does, Brian's the real killer. Oh, he was taking people out. Because Fast and Furious, the first one, he's the one that um, killed um, Johnny Tran. Dominic didn't kill anybody in that movie. Damn, you're right. Do- Brian was killing people. Too fast, too furious. Brian was the one like, I'm ready to go down. And this one at the shootout, Brian shot like three or four people. Yeah. He was and telling like, you know, Dominic, like, get in the car. Like, basically cussing, like, get in the, get in the effing car. <laughs> he, busy, he busy punching Phoenix like they ready to go. So they escape. They got $60 million worth of drugs. And then their whole plan is they're going to trade the drugs in for Braga. The FBI is like, oh, I knew this guy was a punk. We see you with Dominic Toretto. You falling back into bad habits. You know, bring him in. And his whole thing is like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, solve this case. I'll bring in, Bra- I'll bring in Braga and the drugs if you let Dominic go free. And he really, oh, anyway, go yeah, go ahead. Keep it going. <laughs> oh, so that's what they told you. You really you wait for Santa Claus to bring the milk and cookies at Christmas too, don't you? <laughs> like everybody know this plan is gonna work. At, and Brian, like I can trust the law. See, and this, I think this is the point in the movie where I got kind of pissed because I'm like, wait a minute, Brian is like, like you said, you know, it's years in between movies, so the characters have grown and stuff like that. So Brian is seeing some shit. So you're telling me at this point he believes he really believes they're just gonna let him, uh, Dominic walk. But think of it this way. Brian's done plenty of dirt, and he's in the FBI. So he's like, they let me do this. Maybe anything possible. You know, white men believe anything is possible if you work hard enough. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason why white privilege is a thing. So why wouldn't he think that? Look how look at all the stuff Brian was able to accomplish when he had no business accomplishing any of it. True. So, yeah, so they hide the money, police impound, because like they said, nobody would look there. And then they're all interacting, him, Mia, like him, Dominic, Brian, and Mia, and they're at the table, and they're saying grace. And it's like the first time it feels like a family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, that tension's starting to thaw. Everybody's starting to get along. Mia's just remembering how, why, you know, she used to love this this goofball that ate her nasty sandwiches. <laughs> and then Dominic's going through the these things, calls this number, Brian phone goes off. Uh oh. And Ryan's like, oh shit. Like, he didn't do anything wrong, but like, he hadn't told Dominic what was going on because it's like, how could you? And Dominic has this look like, I just start trusting this buster. And he just loses it. He beats the, he tries to beat the brakes off of Brian. And Brian ain't really fighting back. Brian just trying to defend himself. Even, and even that crappy version of like the Undertaker's triangle choke. Oh boy. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, he tries like police yeah. training, and well, Dominic just power bombed him. Yeah, the hawk was the hawk was mad, so it was like, okay, I, I got to take this beating, but listen to me. 
Yeah, then explain to me like Letty came to me. She did. She agreed to work on the cupboard so you can be so you can be free. She did it for you. And Dominic realizes that's the truth. He's still mad and he goes away. And then Brian's mad because he didn't tell him. But it's like, when would it be a good time to tell him? There was yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, not right. No, yeah, so that happens. And then they eventually thought they basically have a plan like how they're gonna get Braga. They call Giselle and Giselle. And this is when I realized, okay, this isn't just some pretty girl. Cause when they get the call, she busy cleaning her gun and checking it. Yeah. Average car driving girl is not even bothering with guns, much less knowing how to like clean a gun, checking your bullets or anything like that. And she seems very proficient, like doing it. It's like, okay. So she has some training. Cause I always wondered like between this and fast five, she went from, I'm a pretty girl. That's, you know, organized car races to, um, an Israeli super soldier. Like, it seemed like it was just a big gap between those two. And this one gave enough hints where it's like, okay. She's like, done I some could, things. Yeah, she's done some things. Like, you know, when I gave you my number, I thought you called in the better circumstances. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, it wasn't personal, it was just business. Like, she's still kind of like, you know, sorry stuff happened, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and then they had a conversation, you know, with Campos. Like, you know, you want your stuff. This is what I want to do. Bring the money and bring Braga. And you're like, even, you know, either you deal with me or you deal with Braga, how you going to do it? So they have the whole plan set up. And it's Campos, Phoenix, who rushes them like he's ready to. <laughs> they eternal hands on sight. Uh, Phoenix well, ain't having it. He's ready. He's ready. And then it's the dude you saw earlier with the suit on. And then that's how they know that something's weird. Because when they first start talking to Campos, like, yeah, Braga, Braga came up in the burials just like us. You know, dirt under his nails. He scraped his way to the top. And they're looking at this dude in the suit. He's like, this don't seem like the type of dude that did all that. And he's trying to talk. And it's funny how they play the stereotypes. Because you think you see this old Latin man. Of course, he's the boss. He looks like a boss. Mm. Like, he looks like somebody in charge. He's got the tailored suit on. He looks like he's above it all. But then they ask him questions like, you know, you know, like it's funny how you cleaned up if you climbed out of the barrio and you start getting nervous. And then, you know, Brian's looking at Dom, like you're thinking, I'm thinking, like, yeah, that ain't Braga. And meanwhile, they finally get the fingerprints from the cup that they had, and it finds out Campos was Braga all that time, hiding in plain sight. Right. Same thing that uh, true, true rich people do, hide in plain sight. Mm-hmm. The true criminals don't work. Like the same thing, like Gus Spring. It ain't about fame, it's about profit. And because it's kind of thinking like you would have no, you wouldn't be thinking of Campos being Braga because nope. nothing about that leaned to him because he didn't seem threatening. He didn't seem imposing. He just seemed like this dude. I'm like, I just work for this dude. I just want this stuff to happen. You don't got to be here. Like, he was like a middleman. Yeah, the average middleman that you see in any movie. He was, that's what he was. He was like the dude from Miami Vice <laughs> that they met that worked, that worked for the yeah. big boss. It, that worked, you know, and it's kind of like no, he's the tr- and it's funny. Miami Vice, he was a he was really supposed to be the, the main villain, but they thought he wasn't imposing up, so they added this dude above him. And in this one, it's like nah, we just gonna have Raga be the you know he's gonna be Raga, and then they had their fight. Giselle's ready to shoot a few people herself. You know, Brian always got the gun out, mm-hmm. and then they escape. They about to run over. They trying to run down Dominic. They almost run over Giselle. Dominic saves her. Her and Dominic escaped together, and Brian's put on administrative leave because, like you know, all this manpower wasted. 
Yeah, we got the drugs. Braga's gone to Mexico. The you know Toretto left. It's like you right back where you started. Like yeah. right, maybe, maybe it's time for you to think about your future. It, and I, and I know Brian's thinking like you know I should have stayed in Miami. Yeah, exactly. Me and Roman. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they they meet up and it's kind of like you know Dominic's going there. Like I'm gonna, I'm bringing in Braga and ain't gonna be no alive part. And and Brian's like I know, I'm still rolling with you. And this is kind of like this is like Brian's embracing who he is. Yep, finally, finally, like you know you forget all this cop stuff. So they go to you know they go to border in Mexico, and Giselle shows up like to get the address. You know this will get you to Braga. Basically repaying him for saving her life. And then she's like saying this is suicide. He's like, it's worth it. And she's like, you must have really loved her, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Gives him the kiss, says goodbye, drives away. And then it becomes Bad Boys, part two. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that watching it too. I was, like, what is this? I was like, what does this remind me of? I said, oh, yeah, Bad Boys. So they go, because including like he's in the church. Because, of course, yeah. drug dealers, that money always needs salvation. So, and then, you know, Vin Diesel, they show up. He's got the shotgun. He's like, you ain't going to do it and that like that. And you wonder, like, you only know he's not going to do it because, like, the movie time. But at first you wonder, it's kind of like, we hadn't seen Dominic kill anybody yet. Nope. But Dominic is like, you know, this is the man responsible for Letty dying and anything like that. So you think he's going to do it. It's like, you know, that's why we're going to bring you in. And then he had to change. And then you realize that's who Dominic really is. And it's funny, these movies kind of like reinforce who these people really are behind the stuff they hide. So like deep down, Dominic is like, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing, even if it doesn't work out because it's the right thing. I believe in doing the right thing. I just do it my way. Yeah. And and I'm not just this. And it's funny how such a change from the first one was like, I'm just a goon stealing stuff. Because even when they were like in the in the Dominican Republic and panels like that, they steal stuff, but they give stuff away. They like give money like poor people stuff like that, like it was and it comes out like a fast five like you know they give gas money to the poor, they steal from rich people and they just give the money away like it makes like Robin Hood. Yeah, and that's and you, and you know that's if you watch them all in which I did, I just started watching them back to back to back. That's what you start to notice as like well, what we originally thought about these characters, no because it's more to them. They put more depth into the, like, especially Dominic, they put more depth into the character. Yeah, and, they, and it's kind of like, it's funny how, you know, how this played off in this, how how the movie just morphed from what it was to what it eventually became. So they, you know, they basically get Braga, and he, but he does say, you know, if we bring in Braga in, Phoenix catching these hands. So they, you know, they escape and then the chase comes in and Brock is busy bragging like, you're not going to get to the border. You think, you know, you're going to get lost or anything like that. Why don't you just pull over now? And then they start shooting and it's like, you know, Brock is in there. He start getting mad. Phoenix T-bones a car that shoot like someone. Stop shooting the boss, you idiot. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, shooting at the car ain't going to help. You there to yeah, rescue him. Like, what's the point of rescuing Brock if you're going to kill him? So they had another race. They go through the tunnels and everything like that. Nice, you know, very cool chase scene. Go through the tunnels. A couple people die. Come we get the T-bone. So Dominic gets, Dominic crashes. 
and then you know Phoenix there. No, Brian crashes, and Phoenix is ready to shoot Brian. Gets out the car. Dominic comes out of nowhere, and then Phoenix tries to move. Brian holds his legs, and Dominic just yeah. Yeah, he finally kills somebody. Fatality, and of course the first time he kills somebody is with a car. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's and it's actually earned because like Phoenix was responsible for, as far as we know, killing Letty. Yeah. Hey, 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 what do you say? I don't even remember her name or face. It was just a job to him. Yeah. So that happens. They bring Braga, you know, they bring Braga in, and Dominic decides not to run until I'm tired of running. Whatever happens, happens. Because normally, and it's kind of like, okay, this is a different Dominic Toretto because before he'd have ran. And now he just, you know, ready to accept it, thinking, and then like Brian's like, okay, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? And it's like, you know, one good deed doesn't outweigh a lifetime of misdeeds. You're sentenced to a minimum of 20 years to life. And, and, and Brian said, you know what? Y- y'all can have his badge. Yeah. Mia starts crying. Brian walks away. It's like, yeah, I guess if Brian would have saw dead presidents, he would have known how that would have turned out. <laughs> he was too busy watching uh, the Dead Poor Society or something. Mm-hmm. So he's there. So Dominic's locked up in the in the in the um bus going, and then all of a sudden you see these cars, and you see Brian, you see a Mia driving a nice whip, got this smirk on her face. It's like it's the first time Mia seeing like I'm put, I'm done making sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't cutting no more crust. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, and then you see Leo Santos there, and then you know you see Dominic turning, and this is like the first one that ends on like a cliffhanger. Yep. And I remember it's like, okay. And it's funny how it's ended. Like, you know, if they don't make any other ones, you just make the assumption that they, you know, they free Dominic and that's it. If they make more, as they did, because Fast Five basically starts how Fast Four ends, they do they do this. And then the movie ends. Now, now what I have to ask you is, as far as this movie goes, and when you look at all the other movies, where would you put this movie specifically in a ranking? Okay, so if I were doing ranking, it's like not okay. We've done eight so far. I would say it is fifth or sixth, depending on how you feel. If this one's better than the first one or not. Okay, so we because don't... it's like I'd have five and five. And seven, like one in one day, six, then eight. And then I'd have either this one or the first one. Gotcha. Because, like, a lot of stuff happened, like this one. Like, this is the first one where, like, a serious character died, like a main character. Like, shout out to Jesse. Sorry, Jesse. It's like, you know, yeah, it stinks. Like, Lenny dies. I know she comes back later, but we don't know that. Yeah, this be like, at that point. Yeah, like she dies and, and like she's a main character. Like it's funny they made a big deal about they brought the original back and Letty's not in there that much. She's in, in the beginning and then the stories like revolve around revenging her. So something I've noticed as I've been watching them, and I think you said it last week. Yeah, it was last week you said it. That I'm watching Fast Eight and it's rough, man. Like I like the movie, but you can tell it's um some things going on behind the scenes. It's just noticeable now, I guess, after, you know, after you just knowing everything that happened that went on and what's going on now and stuff, it's like, ugh. 
It's not, it, it, it didn't have that same fun as the seven, mm-hmm. six, and five. It's still a good movie. It's still a good, yeah. you know, how they constructed it and whatever. But it just, it just, it don't, it don't have that same fun because a five is just fantastic, and we all know. Yeah. You know, The Rock came in and he just added yeah, another yeah, element. We'll, we'll, we'll say five when we talk about five. But this one's kind of like the bridge to get to five. And this is like the first one where it felt like it was like important stakes. You know, like the other ones was like, you know, basically the first one is like these guys are stealing stuff. We got to bring them in. The second one is like, you know, this guy's smuggling drugs and money and we got to bring them in. Third one is like... I'm stealing this dude's girl and I got my friend died so we gonna have a race on the mountain whoever loses gotta leave town this one is my wife got murdered cause it's funny and it's funny watching this and then thinking about Fury 7 he's not just avenging a girl he loves he's avenging his wife damn it you know I have always gotta remember that now I have to remember that watching it that that's his wife now yeah that's his wife and he's avenging like his that's a big and that's a heady stuff you know he's doing that Brian's finally like get redemption and everything like that and it's like and he finally like realizes like Dominic realizes who he truly is and stops running Brian realizes who he truly is and stop trying to be you know a cop because like he tried he believes in law and order but that doesn't necessarily mean a badge is involved and me is just doing media stuff like but it's like, you know, it lays the ending of this one, like lays the seeds, like Mia finally, like being her own person and not just being like, I'm waiting for Brian. I'm here to patch up Dom and stuff like that. So and then it's funny where this, you know, fast four gets forgotten. Like fast six isn't just a sequel to fast five. Fast six is a sequel to fast, fast four, too. Because Braga comes back. You find out like Braga's working with yeah. Owen Shaw. You know, it just gives like, you know, just this movie has added weight once Fast Six comes out. Yeah, because you're right. Because even even in Fast um Fast Six that Brian Steels feel guilty about the whole uh Letty uh Letty thing. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. it's like well, it's that one. And it kinda like, you know, it brings in Braga who comes back. It introduces Giselle, who plays a big it plays a big role and it kind of it's hard, like it don't it's it messes up the it almost messes up the, the dynamic because Fast Five has the perfect dynamic, like amount of people and how much people get their time. Once Fast Six came, it's like you can see why people had to get chopped off because it's kind of like you just had so many cooks and it's like it just became it became difficult to deal with. And it also started a whole tradition of women that got involved with Dominic end up turning out in a bad way. <laughs> Because it started with Letty, it continues with Giselle indirectly, and then it eventually gets Elena too. Like, maybe you need to just leave this bald-headed man alone. Oh, man, I forgot about Elena. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Right, so, and so did Dominic by the end of Furious 8. So. <laughs> he couldn't forget about her. He, I think he has something that's going to always remind him. Okay, that's why Letty there to babysit. And it's funny. They just posted on Instagram. They just finished. They started filming um, Fast and Furious 9 yesterday. Oh, oh wow. I cannot wait. Yeah, because it was a picture like Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez rocking the short haircut. So she must be doing more stunts. Oh. So, but no. Yeah, like, so this is one, like, we talk about the Fast and Furious movies. People don't talk about this one that much. 
This one made a lot of money. This is the first one that I saw opening day in the theater. Yeah, I still and, and the bad thing, I still have it. I didn't go to opening day until five. So I heard the rock, and then I had to go back and watch this. And that was most people. Ones. Yeah, that was most people. Well, when I went to see four, four was packed. And I remember people liking it, and I remember people looking forward to the fifth one. And I remember people were just shocked by how much money. Because they were like, oh, Fast and Furious, is that still a thing? Oh, they're bringing the old Barry Bob back. I guess the career is like kind of stuttered. Because we hadn't really talked about that much. Because it's like, you know, after Tokyo Drift, you're wondering, are they done? Even like with Vin Diesel being at the end of Tokyo Drift, does that matter? And then it's like, you know, they bring everybody back. Of course, Paul Walker comes back, but the big thing was Vin Diesel coming back because the adventures of Riddick. I mean, I like that movie, but that movie is a real like unwieldy movie, and it did not make like it costs a it, it for how much it costs and they make enough money. So Vin Diesel is kind of like a crossroads. Like you know, I like doing these Riddick movies, but I can't really do them unless I do these Fast and Furious movies. So I come, he comes at the Fast and Furious. He gets more control, and you can tell watching the movies. Like, like I said before, like the viewpoint is like oh, it's the beginning, like the whole Vin Diesel show. Like Paul Walker's still important, but it's like Vin Diesel is like the most important thing now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because he becomes pretty much you know that guy of the movie, the the head figure, you know. Like you said, it, it just the, it switches, it switches, and I think as we got get deeper into the movies, he felt like that maybe the Rock was trying to be the head. You know what I mean? Maybe he was trying to it was you know pull, give and pull with that, so I can understand him being like, "Nah, bro." Yeah, it's a thing, and it goes into the whole point of it's hard to do three, like three main stars. Like you can do two. Or you can do like four. Three is hard. It's the reason why most of them don't do three. And even the ones we talked about, like even Star Wars had three, but they rarely all spent time together for an extended period of time. But the, the thing is, okay, you got Paul Walker, Van Diesel, okay, and then the Rock. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, and I'm not sure where the story was going. I don't know what they wanted to do. I personally think that Vin Diesel felt a certain way because of how – I guess it was out in the media that The Rock uh, elevated the movie so I mean, much. He, but he, he did. He though. did. That's the whole I thing. Mean, he did. Like he did, and like you said, this is. I remember when I saw Fast Five, how packed the theater was. Yes, I remember when the first time the trailer dropped and The Rock. And keep in mind, The Rock. They announced The Rock was going to be in it, and The Rock had just came back to wrestling. Or the yep. rock was like rest, like rock was either head came back or was already wrestling around that time. So it was kind of like okay, and because it was like like the rock was kind of going through stuff himself, and then this was like an upturn for him too. So it was like they helped each other out, and this it went from being this niche franchise to a franchise franchise. And I don't, and I know Vin Diesel's ego is like you know I started this and everything like that, and to a certain extent like. Fast forward made a lot made made a lot of money relatively to like that time frame, and yeah. especially for like you know Tokyo Drift. So and it just gets forgotten. People just forget. People just forget. Like if Fast and Furious doesn't work, Fast Five isn't a thing. Yeah, because it's not. I I just wonder. I wonder how well I know Hobbs and Shaw is going to make money. I'm not worrying about that. 
But I wonder how, you know, it, would it feel if Hobbs and Shaw just becomes his own thing? And how, you know what I mean? It's just his own thing. I would thing. think if Vin Diesel was wise, he would just accept the fact that what's good for them is good for everybody. Because that means the Fast and Furious name can just grow. Because they talk about doing like a, a woman spinoff movie too. It's like, you know, everybody just make money. And that way they can do theirs. And Vin Diesel have to worry about him about buttoning his way. But you know he's got an ego, and it it wasn't it wasn't the fact that we know that the Rock was in it because when he was the villain in Fast Five, it didn't matter that much. When he became part of the team, then it mattered. And then when Paul Walker wasn't in there, then it really mattered. And not only that, I think that combined the fact that by Furious Eight, it wasn't that they just weren't getting along. It's that you see Vin Diesel doing his thing, and then you see the Rock. And then you see Jason Statham, two bonafide action stars on by themselves that can open up their own movies that really don't need Vin Diesel that get along super well. So I'm sure Vin Diesel had to feel certain. And then it's like they're doing a spinoff. Like Vin Diesel probably feel like I'm the one that I gave you this chance, and now you turn it on me. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like I I gave you like I gave you the Carter, Nino Brown. And this how this how you this how you betray me. I I understand where both I guess where both of them coming from. I can understand it, but hey, I, I always do, I'm just thinking like it's better for y'all to be together than they are separate. I mean, you can make money. Don't get it twisted. Both of y'all can make money alone, and I'm, I'm sure both of y'all franchises will be good. But you know, in the end, it seems like Vin Diesel is gonna come off better because you are, Hobbs and Shaw is always gonna have that Fast and Furious tag on it. Presents Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. However many more they want to do, if, you know, if 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 it do, does become a thing. What I want to know is what happened with Han's girlfriend. That come on, you know what that was. I mean, but still, when they got the money, he gives her the money. Like, put this away. So this ain't just some random girl. They going out on missions, and it's like he he trusting her with the loot. That was some side piece, though. Either come on, see. Did, wait, did we just saw what happened? With Le'Veon Bell, you really you need to be careful trusting side pieces. You saw what happened <laughs> in the fight. It wasn't that long ago. Oh man, See, a half a million dollars worth of stuff, and one girl was the black one, and one was the Latin one. That was the description of the cops. I left them in the bed naked. I came back; they was gone. You think Hans is the type of person that's going to trust a side piece that's oh. holding the money like that? You think a side piece going out on a mission? See, that is gonna be remember, in my brain. This is gonna be in my brain. And where is she? She was going on jobs with him. She wasn't just there, just being pretty. So, damn it. See, this is gonna be bothering me now. Cause I just, you know, I, I'm still looking at it as if Fast and Furious Four, and that's it. I'm not thinking about everything, all the movies before it, and all that other stuff. I'm just like, damn. So this is where is she at then? Uh huh. Yeah, she probably, you know, where she is is not there anymore because Fast Five, he sets his eyes on Giselle. And, yeah, that that tragedy right there, like Romeo and Juliet. You know what's funny? Once they said these movies were like a prequel, and I know we kind of jumping around. Like, once these movies said, like, these are prequel to uh, Tokyo Drift and Han and Giselle got together, you knew she had to die. Because it's kind of like... Han shows up in Tokyo Drift and she ain't there. Yeah, okay. And Han walking around all mopey and sad. And I doubt it's like that whole 
they just broke up. He wouldn't have been that sad about just a breakup. Yeah, that is true. But for the last question I'm going to ask you, and this is jumping around because I just want to see your answer. You do realize that the team is now ghost agents, right? Just right now. They're pretty much like ghosts. What do you mean? As far as like people that get stuff done that's under the books. Like, you know, you don't know about them because only Kurt Russell really knows about the team at this point. <laughs> so they're ghosts. It's, yeah, they're it's just amazing just thinking about it, like how Furious A starts. They need to get this component in Germany. So Hobbs is like, I got a team. So they just letting Hobbs just hire these guys. Like, this is my this is my strike team that work for the government. Man, you know what? I'm not. Even, I'm sorry. I even asked that question because it's so much no, to unpack. Just think about that, and they like cool. Like even though if you get caught, you know you on your own. But it's like no, I got a team. I got my own team. Not like anybody in the military. I got Dom. They got. And guess what? They go with it. I can. You can see Dom did it for a reason because he had to. The rest of them like okay. This is where we going. This is where we going. We going to Germany. We going to Germany to help out exactly. the government. At this point, they don't have to do any of it. The, they're millionaires. They're millionaires. They have their immunity. They don't have any records. They don't have to. Like by the time Fast Furious Eight comes, they're doing it because they're friends, and that must be a hell of a friendship. And I can see, like you know, oh, one more thing before I point out, and it's definitely gonna be notes on Fast Five. How come Dominic Terrell don't love the hood? What you mean? What you mean? He don't love the hood. Think about, think about the back. Okay, Fast and Furious. They're in Los Angeles. Okay, his team are three white guys and his girlfriend. That movie is diverse as hell, and ain't no about no black on the team. Okay, that's fine. Fast. This one, they're in Dominican Republic. Okay, got the two Latin guys and Han. <laughs> so you trying to tell me you hooked up with Han somewhere and y'all in Santo Domingo still in drugs? I'm like, there ain't a lot of Koreans down there. No, no dark skinned brothers there. Well, you know. Listen, and man. And not only that, Fast Five. Look how Brian get involved. Like Brian, he cool as hell with Tedge and um Roman. They cracking jokes. They seem like they friends. Like Brian know the slang. Talking about no knees, the niece at the prom. Anything like that. And look at the smoke Dominic gave Roman when they first met. I heard about you. You like this, my man Roman, my man Roman Pierce. We did that job I told you about. And they eyeballing each other like, yeah, like what's up? Because Roman knew. Yeah, it's because wow. the two friends meet. That's all that was. Come on, cut it out, man. He he didn't say Roman's name one time in Fast Five. Re rewatch Fast Five. See how many he he says Tedge. He says Tedge's name. He never says Roman name once. I mean, you know how it is. You gotta you gotta fill each other out. It's not until the sixth one. It's kind of like yeah. So oh Dominic no. Roman, oh and no. Then he, and then he beefing with Hobbs. You tell you tell me. Listen, from the sixth on, everybody is tired of Roman shit. <laughs> but man's always screaming and cracking jokes, and people getting tired of it. I'm just trying to say that Brian O'Connor was the glue holding the team together because everybody, like I say, they don't know Han, but they get cool with Han because it's like Brian there. 
and Hans is the coolest dude, whatever. Lego and Santos is with Dominic. And the first time they get involved with Tej and Roman, they cracking jokes on each other, something like that. And, you know, Brian's the bridge with that. Giselle ready to shoot Roman. First time she <laughs> see him, he cracked one joke. And she ready to pull, like, talking about these legs open when this trigger gets pulled. You want me to pull the trigger? Like, damn. Like, she was not... She was not with the old. She was down with me too, way before that was a thing. Like I'm not down with the sexual harassment. I will shoot you. So I'm not saying that Dominic Toretto did not like black people, but I'm not saying he didn't. I'm not not saying it either. You tell me. I man, listen. I listen. I'm watching the eighth one there. Now I got to go back and check out some things. I'm sure they had some type of interaction. No, no. Watch. They interact. Watch the dynamics. When you rewatch Fast Five, watch the team dynamics because it's the team that knows Brian and the team that knows Dominic. And the team that knows Brian looks a certain way and the team that likes Dominic looks a different way. And you tell me what the difference you tell me what the difference is and you tell me how the interactions go and then you let me know. So you're just talking about Fast Five, no, no other movie, just that one. No, I'm using Fast Five as my final case because I look at Fast and Furious and I look at this one and I'm like, I don't see no brothers. Too Fast, Too Furious, Brian in the hood acting like a crip. He hanging with everybody. He getting love. He getting love from everybody. Like he loved the black people. The black people love him. What Dominic doing? I mean, I know is is he really Italian? Because I know how Italians look at black people sometimes. Maybe oh, is that the God. Oh, come on. <laughs> is that the reason? You, you tell me. Damn. He ain't find nobody. He ain't find no brother on his team in LA. It's Los Angeles. Come on now. Like, I know Los Angeles is segregated, but we see these movies. They diverse as hell. He ain't got one brother on the team. You know what? Damn it, Shahid. It ain't until Furious 7 when he finally, like, you know, he's cool with Ramsey. And, and it's probably because she's, you know, they close to the same shade. He is. Listen, I'm telling you, he's cool, man. Okay, it may, he, uh, it may be you may be right of Fast Five, but from six, seven, and eight, he's he's interacting with everybody. Yeah, he's interacting with everybody. He's more cool with certain people than other people, and it's like you know, yeah, he 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 really interacting with eight when he's trying to shoot all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm, so yeah, in, interaction. So that's fine, but we'll say those for another day. I just wanted to put that current on your head because. As we've been doing these shows, I've been doing more thinking about these movies, and I've been picking up on stuff. So that's what happens when you watch movies over and over again. You start to pick up on things you didn't think about. And I'm sure people don't normally to do this type of thinking with the Fast and Furious. There's a lot of stuff going on in these movies with dynamics Yeah, I'm, that you don't pick. I'm definitely going to start up Fast Five and watch this these shenanigans you're talking about because uh-huh. I hope you're wrong. I really just hope you're wrong. I'm just saying you watch Fast Five and you watch the team dynamics. And it's it's real notice. It's a lot of stuff noticeable when I watched it this past time. The team dynamics is very noticeable. Like Brian and Han are the glue holding his team together. And really Brian, because it's kind of like it's a lot of these people do not like each other. They they got smoke on site. And Dominic ain't helping the matter at all anyway. So I'm just saying. Well, that was Fast and Furious, uh, the fourth installment. Uh, if you want to contact me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff versus the world. Uh, Shahi, give the people your information. 
Okay, so I am on Twitter at Philly underscore drugs. So you can find me there. I do podcasts on the Stunt Granny Network. Sometimes we talk wrestling. Sometimes I do my show with my friend Jeremy Mays. We watch stuff where we watch different things and talk about them. But we are not talking about Fast and Furious on that show because we're doing Fast and Furious on this show. Quick question about that, too. It's, I, I guess I'm asking because I didn't ever find out. Does, is Black Lightning having a third season? Yes. Okay. All of the DC comic shows got renewed. So I think it's starting like two weeks after whenever Supergirl. Because I think it's like Supergirl starts with um, Bat, with Batwoman. And then the week after the Flash and Arrow comes back. And then a week after that, Black Lightning comes back. And then Legends comes back later on. This is Smoby Legends last season. I know this is um, Arrow's last season. I definitely have not finished uh, Arrow. And I stopped watching Supergirl. I don't know why. I need to. I did. I did. I, what happened with me was I have DirecTV and CW changed channels oh. on my DirecTV. And it messed up my DVR. So I missed like three, ep- like I didn't realize it. So like I missed like two or three episodes of Supergirl. I was already behind. So I like, I just kept recatch on Netflix, but I'm caught up on everything else. Um, it's funny how Arrow ends. It almost ended like a series finale. Uh Oh, like, no, if you, when you catch up and watch it, it'll make sense how I said that. Cause the la- I think the last episode I watched was, I think his sister, I think she was working with, and she, who was she working with? I can't remember the guy's name. It's been a while since I even watched those shows. But. Oh, oh, the, oh, the Highlander? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because that's why I was like, oh, that's your man from the Highlander. So, yeah. I, I, okay. I'm going I'm to get through it eventually. But I think the time jumping was kind of messing me up for a little bit. It shouldn't yeah. have been. But I was like, wait a minute, what's happening now? When they kept jumping to the future and then whatever, whatever. So you can tell how, okay, before we go, people wonder why the Vin Diesel come back. It's like, okay, so 2001, he did Fast and, like, 2000, he did Boiler Room Pitch Black. 2001, he did Fast and Furious and Knock Around Guys. So he walk around, I'm the man, I'm doing anything like that. 2002, does Triple X. 2003, does Man Apart and Chronicle of Riddick. 2005, Pacifier, which made money. Yeah. 2006, Find Me Guilty, and a cameo in Tokyo Drift. 2008, Babylon AD. Yeah. So it wasn't a whole bunch of hits, you know, for like between 2002 and 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's kind of like Vegas at that point is like Vegas can't be choosing that point. But since then, you know, he did Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Riddick, Guardians of the Galaxy, Furious Seven, Last Witch Hunter. It's a whole, he's been working. He's been yeah. doing a whole bunch of work. You it, know, it, oh, and he's going to be casting Avatar sequels. He is? Yes. So he's in Guardians of the Galaxy, Fast and Furious, and Avatar. Oh, he doesn't, he, with those movies, he doesn't have to. Do anything else if you wanted to. And triple and triple X, because they're making a fourth one of that one. Because the third one make it made enough money to do a fourth one. So it's and gonna, eventually it's gonna be him and Ice Cube in the movie? Or just I mean him, Ice Cube, and Donnie Yen. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen have, have you ever seen that one? I've seen 
the first triple X. I don't no. think I've seen this. I haven't seen the other two. You need to see you need to see the last one. Cause that movie is like before we go, that movie is like if he did Fast and Furious, but he had to share the spotlight. Oh, really? Does he he basically took all the stuff. He took all the stuff that worked from Fast and Furious and transported to the Triple X universe. And Ice Cube came back in this one. Oh, he did. Okay. Yes. He comes. He comes back, and they they play a joke about it too, like how the second one ends leads to like the, the third one. Because you're thinking like you know they won't they weren't even going to talk about the second one because you know he didn't come back for that one. Different director, different producers. Like oh no, Ice Cube came back. And Samuel Jackson kept, is in this one. So, yeah, check and it out. Na- and and Neymar is in this one. Okay, the soccer, yeah, the, the the soccer player Neymar, and who else is in it? Donnie Yen is in it. Ruby Rose is in it. Um, who's the girl from the Vampire Diaries? Like the star of that one, she's in it playing like this horny ass hacker that like in the BDSM. The cast, Tony Jaws in it. The um. Michael Bisping is in it because he took Conor McGregor's spot. Wow. <laughs> no, the cast is insane. And the movie is goofy as hell, but it's 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 fun. So if you have time, you should go see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, but we eventually have to sit down and talk about that uh batshit crazy movie you had me watching. Um uh <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Warrior Two? Y- yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, we did. I did show it, Jeremy. We talked about that movie. So insane. I can never mind. Anyway, yeah. So we'll be back next week. Uh, Fast Five, and we are out. Peace out.